Praise God. Luke's Gospel, chapter 4. Now, if you'll preach with me, it might be a fast message. If you just kind of half go to sleep on me, I tend to repeat myself. We could be a while. Oh, y'all getting quiet already. It's getting dangerous. Luke chapter 4, verse 33. Verse 38, I'm sorry. And he rose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Now, when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with divers or various diseases brought them unto him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And the devils also came out of many crying and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. Also in your hearing today, Acts chapter 2. beginning at the 17th verse. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will shew wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. One more passage of scripture begging your patience is found in the book of Zechariah. That's just before the New Testament. Zechariah chapter 14. In verse 6. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass at evening time there shall be light. And it shall be in that day that living water shall go out from Jerusalem, 
half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea. In summer and winter it shall be. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. And I want to speak for just a few moments this morning on the subject that I believe that the Lord has given to me. And I shall entitle it, The Time of the Setting Sun. The Time of the Setting Sun. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for your spirit that has already been here and made itself evident to us. My Lord, in the name that's above every name, we ask, O oh Lord Jesus, that you would move in the remainder of this service. Let your anointed word go forth, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know that your word is never bound. We ask, O oh Lord, that your word would go forth and let it find its perfect lodging place. Let it do its perfect work. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing so long in honor of the word of the Lord. We read to you a story of how that Jesus, after performing a miracle in the synagogue, he cast a spirit out in the house of the Lord. Now there's a message right there that we won't get into today. But there was a man that was full of demon spirits that was delivered in the house of the Lord. And as he leapt out of the synagogue, at the request of some unknown names, he was asked to go into Simon's house, for Simon's mother-in-law was taken with a great fever. Now, this obviously was before the days of any antibiotics or any such thing. And in those days, if one had a great fever, one run a high risk of dying very quickly. And so Jesus enters into Simon's home. They're finding Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a raging fever. The Bible records that he rebuked that fever and that fever left. Amen. Praise God. But as the sun began to set, as things began to, the sky began to darken, that there was things that began to happen, a strange anomaly began to occur, where we find that at the setting of the sun, suddenly there began to come a group of people toward Simon's house, an unnamed and an unamount, we don't know how many it was, but there were several that came from all over and they began to come with, uh, the old English word was divers diseases, which literally means various or varied diseases. There were those that came with all different types of maladies and they came knocking on the door of Simon's home and Jesus healed them as well. And there were also others that were possessed and vexed with spirits and they also were delivered that night at the time of the setting sun. 
I believe in this morning as I speak to this congregation that we now are in the time of the setting sun. It won't be long now that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return for his church, for his bride. Amen. And I'm looking forward to the day that the Lord will return. It's not just a myth. It's not wishful thinking, but it's something that will occur. It's on God's calendar and it won't be long now. I believe the time is at hand. We live in a world today where all of the values of our nation are crumbling before our very eyes. Things that just in my lifetime, and I'm the youngest of the old and oldest of the young, Brother Charles. Uh, I'm with Sister Twyla today. I'm not going to call myself old. I pick at her all the time because we're the same age. And if I call myself old, that makes her old. That's it's kind of that way that thing works, you see. So I try not to get off in that territory very often, especially with her brawny son right there. Uh, we wouldn't want that to happen. Amen. Praise God. Besides, I'm kin to her. I don't want to get her all upset at me. Uh, I consider myself still fairly young. It's not much left. It's, 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 it, every time I blink, it's another five years, it seems like. But in my short years on this earth, I have seen a drastic shift, a dynamic shift within our culture. And that shift is something that I see that is taking a hold of fundamental Christian beliefs in our nation. There are things that have happened just in the few short years that have literally changed the way Americans think. Marriage has been redefined. After all of centuries and centuries and centuries of it being defined as one man and one woman. Now that has changed and become legalized. Other things are occurring on a rapid pace. All manner of perversions that used to be damnable and even illegal are now heralded as an alternate lifestyle. Things that would make you sick to your stomach are occurring in our nation at a rapid pace. We're looking at perilous times. I'm not one to come and preach a negative message today, but rather I come to preach a positive message to let you know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, 
today. He'll be the same tomorrow. He does not change, and his word does not change. He said, Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. We are seeing things change at a rapid pace. America has changed, and she has forsaken her Christian roots. And we now see things changing at such a rapid rate that it is alarming at best. This morning, I, as most of you know, I live in Crockett. And this morning, as I backed my truck out of my driveway, I took a casual glance at the driveways of all of my neighbors. And you know what I noticed? None of them were going to church. I counted at least seven homes within a quick circumference of my house. Not going to church. Nowhere. Staying home. This is in the Bible Belt. And it's happening at a more rapid rate than you would imagine. And I'm not just talking about Pentecostalism today. I'm talking about Christianity as a whole in America. I'm seeing it happen. There are people that are leaving churches by the droves. They're no longer going to church anymore. They're just staying home and doing whatever. And it's, it's, it's become something that is of a habit. But what happens is when they stay home, then it, it, I'll tell you what, brother, brother Justin did a fine job teaching that lesson this morning. I told him that's one of the best I've ever heard him do. And he, he, he got off on my message a little bit this morning. But if you stay away from God long enough, then suddenly you don't have any more of those values. And on Wednesday night, we talked about Romans chapter 1, how that when one holds truth and unrighteousness, there begins to be a stair step downward. And therefore, in the end result, is all manner of perversion and all manner of disgusting sins. And they held truth in unrighteousness, but yet they did not glorify God as what he was. And they ended up worshiping the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. The final result of the writer said in Romans, he said they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. It finally came to a point they completely blocked God out of their minds. We are there. Even though you live in the Bible belt, we are there. Many may profess to believe God, but yet it's been a long time since they've committed to God. And with each passing of generations, the drift becomes further and further and further. You may love God but not go to church. Your children may not love God at all. And their children may hate God. Because the drift goes further and further. We are in the time of the setting sun. A time that is perilous times. The prophet Zechariah began to speak of times that were to come. He began to speak of the time when Christ would rule over the earth. 
But preluding this is verse 6 of chapter 14, and it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark. It won't be that it's easy to see the light anymore. But yet it's not quite dark. They tell me that in the evening time, just before the sun sets, it's the most dangerous time to be driving. It's hard to see people walking on the road. Uh, you know, it's amazing how people walk on the road and they think since they can see everybody, everybody can see them. You know, they don't work that way. But as you're driving down and it's, it's beginning to get dark, but it's not quite there yet, everything tends to blend together. You can't really see very well, and even with your headlights, you can see only so much, and it's a very dangerous time of the day to be driving. Zechariah was describing our world in those terms. He said there'll come a time when the light will not be clear. He didn't say it wasn't existent. It's just that it won't be easy to see. It's not clear. It'll be held back. It'll be somewhat obscured. But yet it's not quite dark yet. It's, it's, it's getting into an area where it's difficult to ascertain and to determine which way to go. It says, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord. If I were to tell you when the Lord was coming back, you can go home and say that preacher lied like a Persian rug. Because nobody knows the day. Know the hour. Only the Lord knows. Here a few years back in 1988, there was a man uh, not far from here that pastored an apostolic church that built a pretty big congregation out of taking the book that was written, 88 Reasons Why Christ Should Come in 1988. Well, he missed it. And his church went from 200 to about 20. You know... In the last days, it says, it shall come to pass that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. Even though the obscurity is there, at evening time God still shines his light of mercy. They used to sing an old song, there shall be light in the evening time. The path to glory you will surely find. It is the waterway that gives new life today. Baptized in Jesus' name, young and old, repent of all your sins, and then the Holy Ghost will enter in. For the evening time has come, and it's a fact that God and Christ are one. It shall be light 
at the evening time. And he goes on to say, and it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea, and half of them toward the hinder sea. And in summer and in winter it shall be. What in the world was Zechariah trying to say? What he was saying under the inspiration of the Spirit of God was that in that day the waters, meaning the power of the Holy Ghost, amen, the waters of the Holy Ghost shall go forth from Jerusalem, which is a type of the church, and it shall go out from them, and half of them will go toward new people that have never heard this precious gospel, and the rest of them is going to reach back to the backslider and the ones that wants new God and will also bring them back in the last days. It's going to happen. God's going to reach people that have never heard, but he'll also reach for those that already know. He said in the summer, and in the winter it shall be. What does that mean? In the time of drought, during the time of difficulty is when it's going to happen. Hey, I've got news for you. We're living in a time where it's tough to serve God. But I want to know, tell you something, that the Lord is tougher and he's able to help you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And in the summer months, and in the winter months, the power of God will still move. The time of the setting sun. The Lord's coming back. Say, so, well, I don't believe it. It doesn't matter what you believe. An itinerant evangelist of the early 20th century, Billy Sunday, said that just because you don't believe in hell doesn't shut the door and put out the fire. Doesn't matter. Some folks think, well, if I believe it, then it must be so. Or if I don't believe it, it must not be so. It don't work that way. I said, it doesn't work that way. God's word is forever settled in heaven. There is no variableness, neither shadow and turning of God. Men change their minds on a regular basis. You don't believe me? Check out the diet gurus. It always amazes me. There's one woman's magazine. Sorry, ladies, I'm not picking on the mothers on today. That's not what I mean. But there's this one magazine. I think it's called Woman's World. And it's usually right there at the checkout. And if you look at the top, it tells you how some new, brand new diet that you can take. But then you look at the bottom, there's some kind of ooey-gooey dessert that you can take care of. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that seemed like a strange mixed message to me. Oh, well, am I going to do this part up here or am I going to do this part down here? Maybe I'll do this part down here first and then do this up here. But men are always changing their minds. 
Scientists change their minds. God's word doesn't change. Science don't change. Men's opinion of what science is interpreted as changes often. But God's word doesn't change. Somebody said, well, how in the world can, how in the world could Jonah go into a well since it's, it's physically impossible for a human being to be swallowed by a well? Simple. Scripture is very clear. God prepared a great fish. He prepared it. That means that fish was most likely born with an esophagus large enough to accommodate a man. We're living in times where people doubt the word of God. There are spirits that are lurking everywhere, trying to cast doubt upon God's word. For if you don't have God's word, please tell me, what do you have? Society and all of its justices are built basically upon the standards of the word of God. You take away the word of God, you have nothing left to stand on. Night comes, Jesus said, when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Oh, I want you to know that the Lord, he's, he's in this world, but he's in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. As long as the Lord is in the world, he's still the light of this world. Hallelujah. Put on the board for me, Second uh, Peter chapter 3. I'm trying to hurry. You amen in me still? It always works, praise God, amen. Hallelujah. This, this is uh, verse 3. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, I know what the word scoffers means. Those that make fun of God. Scoffers, walking after their own lust or desires, and saying, where's God? Where's he at? Where's the promise of his coming? Thought he was already supposed to have come. Sound familiar? Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were. Ain't nothing changed since the beginning of creation. Next verse. For this they willingly are ignorant of. The meaning the word ignorant, willingly ignorant means that they decide to not know. Ignorant means unlearned. They decide that they don't want to know that the word of God and the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. In other words, all of these things were occurring by the power of the Word of God, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. This is the time of Noah's flood. Go ahead. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, which by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and petition of ungodly men. There is coming a payday. Thank you, Brother Justin, again. There's coming wages. He and I didn't get together on this. I had no idea. 
But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't want you to be lost. God doesn't want you to miss the mark. God wants you to be saved. He wants you to be filled with his power and his spirit. That's what the Lord wants. Next verse. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. I don't know about you, you out here in the country, you probably don't have it. In the city, let's see, boys. I have an alarm system set up. And if you forget to disarm that dude and you open the door, man, 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 here it goes all crazy. What if I didn't set the alarm? Somewhere in the middle of the night, a thief decides that he wants my stuff more than I do. When's a thief going to come when I'm watching? A thief's going to come when I'm not paying any attention. He's going to come at my weakest point, which is when I am asleep. It says the day of the Lord will come. What is the day of the Lord? The day of the Lord is the day of judgment, the payment that he talked about earlier verses. And the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. All those things that we work so hard for. It's all going to burn. Only one thing will last. That's what you've done for the Lord. That's the only thing that's going to stand. Give me that other passage of Scripture. I believe it's 1 Thessalonians. And I'm closing. I think we go to verse 18 on this. Did that what I said there? For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Those which are asleep in this context is referring to the saints of God that have died before us. Next verse. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. You know, a lot of folks, the only time they hear this is at a funeral. Well, that went over well. A lot of folks, it's all the... You know, I've, I've discovered something in our modern culture. That to go to heaven nowadays, by most folks' standards, all you got to do is die. I knew of a man that blew his brains out in front of his family on the front yard with his shotgun. He was a dear friend of mine. Broke my heart. But the next day they were on Facebook saying he was walking on streets of gold. I'm not his judge and I'm not their judge, but the word of God is very clear. 
takes something to make it to the other side and to step on those streets of gold. You can't live the way you want to live and then expect to live the way the Lord wants you to live when you get over there. You've got to do according to the word of the Lord here to be able to live there. But it says, and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those that have died before us, the saints of God that God has judged to be righteous and to be those that are prepared will go before us. And then the next verse, then which we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. What's the next verse, sister? Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It's really going to happen. Say, well, it ain't happened yet. Well, then let's go back to 1 Peter. A lot of folks say that. Where's the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, all has continued as it was since the beginning. That doesn't change God's word. Just because it hasn't happened at the time you think it should happen doesn't mean that God's not going to do it. His word is forever settled in heaven. If you have any fear of God, the, the most dangerous thing that a person can ever get in their life is to lose their fear of God. If you say there is no God, then you've got more faith than I've got. What do you mean, Brother Motes? Well, there are certain laws that the Creator has placed into effect. There's the law of gravity. No matter where you fall, you're going to hit the ground. That's pretty well a standard rule. Whether you fall from two inches or 2,000 feet, you're going to come back down long as you're living within the atmosphere. I think that's a fair statement. There are other laws. There's the law of, oh, you school students are going to love me on this one, the law of mathematics. My Jewish boss told me one time, he said, that's proof right there that God exists. Math. So you can take something and you can make an equation with it. Just simply, that's proof of intelligent design. That damnable spirit that says there is no God is a lie. But I have questions, don't we all? There's things that you'll have questions about until you step on streets of gold. That doesn't mean there's no God. It means that God says, I will not answer that now. You'll have to take me on faith on that. Oh, I didn't mean to say all this, but I feel it in the Lord, so I'm going to follow it on through. Just, just bear with me on this Mother's Day. Algebra. Oh, I hated algebra. I despised algebra. I stank at algebra. I squeaked by on algebra. My, my algebra teacher gave me 15 points to pass. That's how bad I was at algebra. 
But then there's trigonomics. Trigonometry. All those heavy math. All of that is proof of intelligent design by the Creator. If you can believe that a big explosion caused all of the order that we now follow in nature, you got more faith than I got. I've never seen it where I go blow something up and I go back and something has created itself. Some kind of ecosystem has started because I blew something up. Never have seen it. Never have seen it. But I tell you what I have seen. I've seen a sinner come to God with all kind of hang-ups, all kind of mess in their life. They've made an terrible mess. And they come and they repent before God and they're baptized in His precious name and filled with the Spirit of God and they become a changed person. Amen. Only God can do that. All of your grit and determination can't change the way you are unless God steps in and says, I'll pick up the slack. Stand with me.